Brought to you by Feitner Productions. special episode of Laying Down the Law with Billy DeClerc. I'm your host, in case you doubted it, Billy DeClerc. This podcast is apparently supposed to be funny, but today's episode is not going to attempt to be funny. Instead, I'm going to offer you an essay that I recently published of all places on the social media site, LinkedIn, a business networking site where your host thought it might be appropriate to talk about failure. You see, I'm intimately connected with failure. I've failed in some of the most dramatic and spectacular ways at one time my biography was going to be called What Were You Thinking? Or Why Did You Do That? Or It Seemed Like a Good Idea at the Time. Feel free to steal any of those titles if they apply to you. This essay is called What I've Learned from Being Fired. Failure resumes have become fashionable particularly in Silicon Valley, where failed startups occasionally lead to profitable ones. Webvan becomes Amazon Fresh. Google Glass becomes Nerd Chic. And Theranos becomes the full-time employment plan for securities fraud lawyers. My failures are embarrassing to me, to say the least. And usually the way I deal with my embarrassment is by making a big joke out of it, laughing at myself before anyone else can laugh at me. But this time I'm not laughing. This time I've decided to face the scrutiny and the possible consequences of sharing them. Now, I will tell you that in the week since I posted this, one of the founding partners of my law firm commented, in a positive way on the post. So I feel safer than I did the day I posted this, but I'm going to try and take you back to that moment when after writing this essay, I felt the genuine fear and terror of admitting one of the most humiliating things that I have ever experienced. And so I chance the possible consequences of sharing them with you. Perhaps the reason is I want redemption. Perhaps I just want attention. Perhaps I want reassurance. Perhaps I want you to know that you are not alone. 
I have my doubts. I have enough doubts to share with you if you need to borrow any. Because you, my dear listener, already know that failure is very, very lonely. We all fail. A boxer only has to get up one more time before he gets knocked down and he can win the match. But more likely, he'll lose. TKO, he'll lose on points. Yet he enters the ring. He gets up off the mat after he's been knocked flat on his ass. Right now in our politics, there are 23 bright, ambitious Democrats competing for the chance to take on Donald Trump. 22 of them won't even get the chance. And the 23rd might very well fail too, but they're all running. My most painful and personal failure was on December 1st, 2011. On that day, after spending a night alone in my northeast-facing window office on the 38th floor of a downtown high-rise, working feverishly to try to save myself and my family from the dreaded consequences of a job that was wrong for me, I was told by a partner who had flown in from Denver for the specific purpose of firing me, I was told that I had... 15 minutes to clean out my office and collect my belongings. I was told I could not touch my computer. It was remotely locked down by the IT staff. Stunned. Terrified. I looked around my little office. It was full of pictures. Pictures of my family. Pictures of my kid pictures of my wife, memorabilia, toys, games, things that had made the place seem almost humane. And there was no way I could clean all those things out. There was no way I could stay there like a criminal and clean out my cell. I felt shame, anger, fear, confusion, and resentment in quick succession, rage, terror. I was to be escorted out of the office and down the elevator by an office services employee. We'll call him Juan. I asked Juan if he could collect my stuff and if I could come by later and collect it. I never did. Juan ended up shipping my family pictures, my replica Obi-Wan Kenobi lightsaber, my matchbox cars, uh, Legos, personal files, old bills, to my home about a week later. I felt I had to ask Juan if I could use the restroom before I left. He let me do it. I drove home and it was surreal. You see, the windstorm had knocked all kinds of trees and branches and and debris all over. You see, the windstorm had knocked all kinds of branches and debris and, and, and trash 
all over the streets of Pasadena. And I had to drive around it pretty carefully. Some streets were closed down. Uh, it was almost like a post-apocalyptic nightmare. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say almost. It was the longest 11-mile drive of my life. When I arrived home, my wife and son were out on the lawn. Um, they were totally surprised to see me. They had no warning. There was no way I was going to tell her over the phone what had happened. There was no way I could have kept it together on the phone. I had to see her face. And I had to tell her in person, I just got fired and I don't know what I'm going to do next. Now, I'll tell you that what I did next was I called a friend of mine and I said, uh, you're speaking with the founder of DeClerk Law Group, an independent law practice, and would you kindly send me my first client? That's a far cry from the Jerry Maguire, but it was my best effort. The night before, a historic windstorm had knocked out all the power on our street and knocked a few tiles off of our roof, closed down my son's school for the day. We were the lucky ones. A lot of other people had suffered a lot more damage. And my son still remembers to this day, he remembers the windstorm. What he remembers is that he got to miss school for a day. He was in first grade. I've never asked him if he remembers the other thing that happened that day. Or how he feels about it. And maybe I should. That night before, when I was alone in the tower, during that windstorm, I was feverishly completing Kung Fi and Kung Fu reports for a bank. They are summaries of litigation. They are mindless. And who really cares? I was updating my late timesheets. Desperately hoping I was going to meet my minimum billables for November. <laughs> I noticed there were mini blinds clicking against the metal window frame every few minutes. I guess I was slightly aware the building was moving, but I didn't make the connection. At some point, my wife had called me and let me know the power was out, but... Uh, I was too frightened of the consequences that at that point were inevitable, although I didn't know it. Uh, I, was, I was too frightened of those consequences to go home at one, two, three in the morning. I went home at six in the morning. I showered. I turned back around and I came back to the office to call into court for a court call. I remember I saw another attorney. Uh, he looked a little surprised to see me. And I saw the partner who had come in that day as I walked into the office to, to make that phone call to court. And I had a feeling in the pit of my stomach, this is not good. 
But the thing that gives me the, the most the thing that gives me the most shame about that night alone in my office was it was far from the first time and admittedly not the last that I had spent almost the entire night alone working in my office. And number two, that my wife and my son were at home with no power and no heat in the middle of a hundred mile per hour windstorm. I knew the power was out. I knew that they were alone together and they had lit candles and had flashlights. They needed me. My wife needed a husband and my son needed a dad, but I wasn't there. And I justify it that I had to work to put food on the table and pay the mortgage and pay the electric bill and fix the heater. There's nothing about that dilemma that I would ever repeat. You see, getting fired was a mercy to my soul. I could never have let go from the very thing that was going to kill me. In another version of this story, I would have died alone in that office. Maybe that night, maybe years later. In another version of the story, maybe I would have had a heart attack, leaving her a widow and him an orphan. Maybe in another version of this story, I would have jumped out the 38th floor window that night. <sighs> Maybe in another version of this story, I jumped out the 38th floor window that night. In another version of this story, maybe I n never get to say what happened to me. It's like alternate universes in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which I've seen with my son. And it's awesome. I digress. I'll never know what happens in those other universes, in those other versions of this story. In the version of the story that I experienced in this one, I was killed off in one way. A version of me had to die. Only to be reborn. Slowly and eventually into the man I am now. A human being, perhaps. I'm not sure it really matters if, you, if I tell you the reasons why I think it was unfair or the backstory of the other times that I was fired from jobs. Four times, but who's counting? Uh, the first was uh, from Baskin Robbins, my very first job. I was fired because I took a part as an extra in the movie Copycat, starring Sigourney Weaver. And if you look it up on YouTube, you'll see me for about a half a second. But I lost my job scooping ice cream and didn't learn my lesson. At the second time, I was fired from a shoe store because I was at my parents' house on the Sunday after Thanksgiving and completely forgot I had to work. I got the phone call, drove the hour to the Fleet Feet store in Davis, only to be told I should... Uh, pack my things and leave. You would have think I would have learned that time. It wasn't the first time. It may or may not be the last time. I don't know if it really matters. 
if I tell you that I was trying to find another job, that two weeks into taking that job, I had called my recruiter and said I made a terrible mistake, that I knew I was in a toxic environment, that I desperately wanted to escape, and maybe I unconsciously willed the only outcome that would ever have taken me to the freedom I needed. That as I write this, as I speak now, I'm only a few blocks from the scene of the crime. Only my office now has no window. I joke that the reason for that is so I have nothing to jump out of. But the truth is, I have no desire anymore. I pay for this office myself, and I have a view of the hallway. Can't see the mountains, can't see the sea. That's okay. And when I wrote this, I shed quite a few tears. And it's beyond insane to put this up on the world's biggest job networking site. Some people would call it career suicide. I don't know. But a very good friend of mine shared with me yesterday that he had experienced almost the same thing. And I want him to know that he's not alone. And he said to me the kindest thing. That in the moments of his personal misery, in the moments of his personal hell, he had thought of me because I had shared part of my story with him as he lived his story, his version. That I could do that for a friend, <clears throat> I cannot express my gratitude that I might lend a hand to a stranger. I can't imagine that I'm doing this. I still imagine. And I'm imagining you, my listener. Because everybody knows I have only about three listeners to this podcast. And you're one of them. But know one thing for certain, my friend. Wherever you're listening... Maybe you pulled over to the side of the road because I got you where, where I want you. You feel something. Or maybe you're in a high-rise downtown dreading the next comfy or comfu report that you have to write. Or maybe you're in the unemployment office now and you're worried and you're trying to figure out how you're going to stretch those benefits. Or maybe you're in a law school library and you're thinking it's going to be really cool to become a lawyer. Or maybe you're just relaxing in your apartment. Maybe you're in some moment of striving to be the best you, or maybe you're wishing you're someone else. Maybe you're Judd Nelson with your fist raised in the freeze frame. Or maybe you're Sonny Liston and you've been knocked flat on your ass. Just know that I'm with you. Know that I love you, fellow human being. You are not alone. You are never alone. None of us is ever really alone. No matter how lonely you feel. And you will survive. You will survive your personal moment of hell. Yes. The failure is very, very, very lonely. But we all fail. 
we do. So strive, be you, never get up and get your ass back up off that mat one more time. This is coming to you from your best, best, best big brother. I'm Billy DeClerc, and this has been Laying Down the Law.